0: Check, one, two. Curious about real estate? Yes! Then you've come to the right place. Get the knowledge you need, get over the fear, and get started. This is the Michael Quarles Real Estate Show with your host,
1: Michael Quarles. Hello, everybody. Michael Quarles with the Michael Quarles Real Estate Show. Today, I have with me Jay Massey, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. I'm just going to jump in, say hello. And um, letting talk to us about what he does, I think it's fascinating, and um, it's always fun for me. I just in I just enjoy stretching my brain and learning and meeting people, and I certainly hope you guys do too. So here we go. Hey Jay, tell us about yourself. Well, um,
2: I am just a husband, father, guy who's out there looking for the best ways to always produce passive income. That's kind of you know how the name of the company came to be, Cashflow Diary. The goal is uh, to create entrepreneurs and to help entrepreneurs using real estate to go out there in business. Um, it, it just it took me a while to figure out that I should have been an entrepreneur uh, all my life. Isn't it great? Well, I think so. I mean, there's, simp- there's simply more options, uh, more choices. Uh, I think many times the word freedom gets overused, but I think what we really mean is we just want to have more choice. Uh, between what we do choose instead of choices made for us.
1: Absolutely. Now, now I'm not a passive person. I do have passive investments. However, mm-hmm. um, I always use the word yuck and I don't mean it as a negative word. But when I when I think passively because I like massive investments where I'll go out there and buy something and sell it and I'll make I'll try to make the thirty five percent that I'm buying at a discount instantly rather than over time. However mm-hmm. That the passive model done correctly is, is pretty cool. I interviewed a gentleman a couple of weeks ago who has thirty five thousand three hundred ninety eight passive units, and um, that wouldn't be a bad day to do. No, that. ever. Okay. So tell us, <laughs> tell us why the passive side. What what intrigued you about that, and why did you go that route? Well, for me,
2: it it has to do with how I got into real estate investing. Uh, So prior to real estate investing, uh, well, immediately prior, I was technically homeless and squatting a bank owned property. Um, But what happened for me was, well, it was a series of events. My wife, when she's pregnant, she has a condition known as hyperemesis. What that simply means is that um, when she's pregnant, she cannot eat or drink. So that was a challenge. And then one day to blow off steam, I went to go play volleyball. I jumped, I landed on a guy's head, punctured my lung, and then I developed a condition known as pleurisy, which combined with a drug interaction in my asthma made it impossible for me to walk and talk simultaneously without fainting.
1: So Wait, 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 I have to jump in here because there's a joke somewhere. I'm not going to say, she couldn't eat or drink, you couldn't walk or talk. That is exactly right. Man, as long as you could juggle, I guess that would be okay.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. And that was, well, you want to talk about juggling. What we were juggling was do we pay the electricity bill or do we buy food? That, that's the kind of juggling we were doing at that particular time. So I started selling our personal possessions on eBay. You know, I would go buy Disney memorabilia from garage sales or clean out our friends' closets and garages and just put it on eBay. Uh, so, and so that people have a clear understanding, what I mean is uh, i try to find something on Thursday, put it up on eBay on Friday so it would sell on Saturday. So hopefully by Sunday or Monday, I'd collect the money and we could eat. If we didn't, and if I wasn't successful, we didn't eat. That's literally what it was because I had previously been a, a, financial, a financial planner. And, and that's great and all, except people typically want you to be able to walk and talk. And they don't want to visit you at the hospital when trying to, plan their retirement because that's what I was doing. I was at the hospital trying to support my wife in whatever way that I could. And um, it was around that time a friend said, hey, I got a solution for you. And I needed a solution. And he said, uh, you should become a real estate investor. You're like, (laughs) what's that, right? (laughs) It didn't make any sense. That's really all I'm trying to say. It, It just, there was nothing about it, Michael, that made sense. Like, Zero. Because at the time I'm squatting in bank owned property, our credit score is 398. We don't have $75 to put together. And he's like, yeah, you should provide housing for other people. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sounds great, but how's that gonna work? And that, that's, it just set me on this path, because here's the thing, what we needed, and what every person listening to me right now needs, you don't need a job, at all. What you need is a source of income. And that was the thought process that began to set me free. And I was like, well, how many assets do I have right now today that are working on my behalf when I can't work? If I can't walk or talk and my wife can't eat or drink, we made no money at the time. That was the initial problem. So I've been after solving that problem. I was like, well, if I get sick again, I want to be able to still eat. That means I have to own an asset of some kind And then sell that the use of that asset in the marketplace and derive my income. That's what I have to do. And the only thing I knew at the time was real estate. It was the thing that had proof of concept. It's what made sense. And then my friend said, hey, you could do it with no money, no credit. I'm like, good, because I got neither of those. I'm in.
1: And what was the first one? Tell us about the first property.
2: Well, the, the first one I actually closed on or the first one I was
1: writing? <laughs> the, the, those, those stories from the beginning are just actually kind of funny. Um, well, hang the, on. The, I, 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 you're talking to a man that wrote a bad check for his first property. I did not realize when they asked me for my $2,000 deposit check that that meant that they were going to try to cash it. I thought it was a deposit <laughs> check.
2: <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you got those two. Yeah. Excellent. Uh,
1: yeah, I did, did all
2: kinds of all kinds of shenanigans because hey, I'm just trying. You said do this, I did that. I mean, when I, I remember when I first at my very first one that I ended up closing, uh, I re- it was it was so bad. I I negotiated verbally with the lady. She said, "Cool, okay, I'll, I'll sell you the house." Because I was doing a wholesale transaction. Actually, I was intending to do a buy and hold transact or a wholesale transaction, that turned into a buy and hold. And then she said, "Yeah, I'll sell you the house." I'm like, "Cool, great." And then I was like, now what? Now, mind you, I'm telling the seller, now what? I don't know what to do. Oh. I have no documentation, no paperwork. She's like, well, we got to have a contract. I'm like, you're right. I'll be right back. And then I had to go get a contract. Um, and then I had to get someone to tell me where to put my name and what to, where do I fill in the blank? She said, yes, I just don't know how to put it on this piece of paper. And then I took it back to her. Okay, was this and a then,
1: relative or someone you knew really well? or was this- No, not at
2: all. Complete strangers. Uh, I had to build from zero. Uh, no, the every, all of my transactions, especially at the beginning, were all with people who I had never met. I had I had to get to know. Uh, I'm talking 100% cold market. Nobody was on was on my side at that moment, save
1: my wife and Lord. That was about it.
2: But I guess that was all I needed.
1: You know, there's there's something about burning the boat or having your boat burnt, whether you wanted it to be or not. And right. having to actually work yourself out of the hole and survive. Right. That, you know, I have some coaching students and they always ask me, you know, should I burn my boat? Should I keep my day job? Most people should keep their day job until they can replace their day job because they it's, it's a mentality difference between, you know, do I want the security and ha- want that reliability or do I have the wherewithal mentally to say, hey, no matter what, I can succeed. Now, I'm I'm more of the right. burn-the-boat kind of person, but not everybody is. And you were, your boat burned by its own. That yeah, my but,
2: boat was, I had, there was no option. I mean, I had tried to get a job. And, and, and that's the thing. I, I've come to learn that the challenge is that most of us, um, we are not educated. We are well-schooled, but we're not educated. Because the purpose of education is to teach you and I to recognize opportunity. And most of us have only been trained... To recognize an opportunity spelled J O B, and that was my challenge at the time. I was only trained in how to recognize a job, and I wasn't trained to recognize real opportunity that goes out there, creates value, etc. And this was my training. This began my 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 training uh, in in essence in earnest, and it was it's been something that I've continually said to students over and over and over and over again because you're absolutely right there are some people like look dude you may want the benefits of real estate investing but you are not a real estate investor let's be really clear about it uh you're, you're just not the entrepreneurial type but that's okay but right. um because everybody's needed
1: you know and i and i and i say it a lot and it, it 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 probably you know when someone hears it, they may think i'm putting someone down but i'm not we need school teachers we need truck drivers we need accountants and attorneys and doctors right. If everybody was a real estate investor, there wouldn't be that thing, right?
2: There would be chaos in the market.
1: Oh my goodness! <laughs> I cannot imagine. Can you imagine a thousand of us nope. going to, to a football game? It nope. would be, yeah, it, there'd be nope. riots and everything
2: nope. breaking out. It doesn't work that way because somebody's got to do the paperwork. Lord knows I'm not good at it because the a thousand of us wouldn't make it to a football game because somebody would forget a detail. The paperwork wouldn't get submitted on oh, time. I thought you we bought to... the tickets, right? <laughs> it, 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 right. I thought you got them. Oh, I didn't get them. You got them. I mean, yeah, anyway, there's just other skill sets that, that I know I'm not gifted with mm-hmm. but that are required in order to make a thing happen.
1: You know, I, I, um, I'm a very, 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 very good juggler. I just can't catch. I can throw those things in the air. <laughs> and did. trust me, I mean, I can have like 15 different balls in the air at the same time, but I can't catch a single ball. It is a unique skill and only a few of us have it. (laughs) I love it. So enough about us, right? Here I am, not me, but here, here is a person who may be struggling, who may be in a similar situation that both of us have been in before. And that's called being poor. And they need to get out of that, that cycle, and they like they enjoy they enjoy the fantasy of not having the job. What's their first step in your opinion?
2: Their first, okay, got it. So there's in my book and in, in many different thing, places I teach uh, in a, a a step-by-step process that helps you transition and all, everybody's going through these steps regardless of industry, regardless of what you're trying to do. But the number the first thing is you which hopefully they already have is the desire. It's the only part of the system that I can't give you, you can't really train. You just got to come you just got to come with it, right. and hopefully you have it. If you do, great. If you don't, you got a problem, uh, but you got to have desire. After that, the second and probably the biggest change is to understand that you're, you, you've you you been squandering. We all squander to various levels our greatest asset, which is time, and period. That is our greatest asset. We've been selling it too cheaply. And we squander it. So, and the so the, once you begin to have that mindset, the next thing you must do is to begin to develop new talents or skills, because it is those new talents or skills that you have not ha, that you have yet to develop that are the ones that are preventing you from achieving these new levels of income, these new levels of freedom, these new levels of thought, this new level of reality that is absolutely out there for you. And that that's what you need to be doing. Instead of investing your time directly to receive some form of compensation in terms of a dollar, take that asset, take that time, and build an asset you can sell other than your time. And I don't care if it's a simple ebook. then great, you built an asset. But in this case, we're talking about real estate, great. So build the asset. That means take a piece, if you want to do land deals, great, take land. Change it. Transform it. Take the time to learn the skill sets and the team that you need to transform it into what you want. You want to do houses? Great. Uh, I tend to like apartment buildings, cell phone towers, and commercial real estate. That's kind of where I play, specifically commercial retail. That's like my thing. And you take that and you take the time and build it into something that is of productive use to somebody, and then you sell that use. That's what Most of us are not yet doing. Although, if you're listening to this show, you're probably more. There's more of you doing it than not. But that's exactly what it comes down to: is learning how to build an asset. And the number one skill set in building an asset is delayed gratification. It's something that is not
1: practiced enough. It's something that's not taught. Wait, wait, wait. That's not even American, by the way. It is absolutely not American. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, no, we we're we're convenience yeah. oriented. I mean, we, we want to go and get our hamburger through drive through, and we, we, we don't do anything for ourselves and we want it right now. And well,
2: of course yeah. we, and, but that's, it's okay to want that, but it's, at the same time we have to grow up a little bit and just understand that it takes time to build an asset. And this happens all the time, especially with new real estate. I mean, I'm sure with your students just like mine, you have the guy who's like, okay, how do I make money in the next thirty days? I'm like, well, you could if you already possess all of these other skill sets that are going to be necessary to produce an asset that could be sold. Um, and but you know, it, to take then you try to tell them, look, you got to take the time to develop you to become the person that's capable of doing what it is that you need to do. And most people don't want to hear that, but that's actually the solution to the problem. You will never get out get out of the rat race, the W two, the employee mindset, until you begin to build an asset you own and control. And I'm stressing those words intentionally. You build an asset that you own and control. Until that happens, you, you're going to always be stuck in in uh, the the wage, you know, time for dollars, some form of time for dollars. Right. Absolutely.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Are you running out of leads? It's time you tried Yellow Letters at yellowletters.com. Get motivated seller leads through Yellow Letters, postcards, zip letters, typed professional letters, greeting cards, door hangers, and business cards. Yellow Letters is a full-service marketing company created with your success in mind. Get the personal attention you need to get your direct mail campaign started and get in touch at yellowletters.com. And we are back in 3, i
1: I'm always amazed, and I know I'm getting on a sidetrack comment here, but I'm amazed that people buy these little franchises. So basically what they're doing is they're buying that J-O-B. Yeah. And I I like the franchise model because it's all systemized and and you you can fall forward. I'm just not that person. I just I want to go and create it. I want, to, I want, want it to be mine at the end of the day. Um, well,
2: I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the franchise. The challenge is the thinking is still too small. Um, instead of buying a franchise, you probably need a minimum of three locations, uh, preferably ten. And if you can do that, then okay, you're 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 still in the same. Yeah, you're the, still then you have business.
1: passive income because you have a business yeah. pushing passive income. Yeah, and most most people. Well, you know, in the real estate business, we look at passive as, and I have an apartment, I'm renting that apartment. Well, <laughs> I, I look at, like, I have a few businesses and my businesses are passive because I don't work in them. They, they, right. they push off an asset to me on a monthly mm-hmm. and annual basis that I'm, I'm not required inside of to, to, to fulfill that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's great. I tell you what, if anybody is listening, if you, if you ever have the opportunity to have a business, but yet not be responsible in it, or you know, it doesn't require you, have that. But that's a true entrepreneur, right? Most people start off as the technician, then they go to the manager, very few people jump into the, the role of the entrepreneur, and, and um, it's a great when we jump off you know, into the green side, I call it. Um,
2: well, one of the great gifts I was given um, was a complete ineptitude at how to use a hammer and a nail and um, those types of things. So I never actually, got the experience of being the technician from a real estate side, so uh, (laughs) I I skipped over that because I was, I mean, anytime I saw a broken door or tub or plumbing issue, I knew I couldn't do it. So I was from the beginning going, well, I gotta go find somebody. Uh, and that, that's, I, I now learning that that was actually a gift.
1: (laughs) I didn't know that I had avoided a trap by, by not having that skill set. Right. I enjoy understanding what side of the nail you should hit first. Um, however, It does slow you down at times, especially in the beginning of someone's real estate career, because they they don't know not to do the skill that they have. They don't know not to utilize it. You know, the one of the one of the statements I hear from a lot of people, and they don't necessarily say it this way, uh, but they say a version of it, and that is, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to leave my my job. I'm afraid to gamble on marketing. I'm afraid. To, to meet someone I don't know and, say, and talk about something I know nothing of. How do you conquer your fear?
2: Well, the, again, the, the issue is in the thinking mm-hmm. uh, that fear can somehow be conquered in the sense of uh, obliterated, all done with. Um, and that, that's what happens when you conquer a kingdom or you take over a land. The, the prior person in charge was somehow deposed Or (laughs) if you're talking biblical times, they just died and they were no more. You know, Um, that to to say that that's possible with an emotion uh, so visceral like fear sets one up for failure, in my opinion, from the beginning. Instead of focusing on conquering fear, we need to be focusing on developing courage um, because fear is going to be there with you all throughout this entrepreneurial life journey, it doesn't go away. Uh, And the cool thing is, it's a response, and you have trained yourself, your body is conditioned to when it feels these emotions that you call fear, that we call fear, we are currently trained to respond a a certain way. So it's not that, you know, uh, I don't know, Elon Musk, it's not like he doesn't feel fear. Donald Trump, it's not like he doesn't feel fear. Obama, they're human. They feel fear. However, they have conditioned themselves uh, to respond differently to the same stimulus. And that's the essence. That's the crux of the difference. And it starts with the thinking so that you can begin the believing and the habits that are required in order to do so. So here's a case in point. And, And it's a simple example that I think many will get. If you find yourself in a situation where you are lacking financial resources, you're like, ooh, I need money. You're like, ah, I need some money for that. Depending on who you are right now, um, you may have said, well, I'll just go get a job or a second job. That's what you, that was your response. I need money, I'll need a, I need a job because you were afraid of being homeless, not having food and all these other things. Totally understood. That's, I I get that. I've been there. (laughs) I know what that's like. However, others of you, when you go, hmm, I need more money, you think, I know, I need more billable hours. I got to go get a client. That's what I got to do. I got to sell another mortgage. I got to sell another house. Okay, so that's a different type of person. Yet still others of you go, well, I, I need more money, so I know I need to develop a service or product and see if I can't have a thousand people buy it over the next 30 days and if I have a thousand people buy it, my net profit will be this and I should be good. And that's what you do. And yet others of you still go, you know what? I need more money so I know what I'll do. I'm gonna take the, the instead of spending the money I've got, I'm gonna find somebody who's running a system right now and see if they can't uh, over the next you know quarter, two years, five years, 10 years, whatever, produce enough uh, income for me so or enough dividends so that I can go out there and do what it is that I want to do. Everybody is responding. In that example I just gave you, four different people are all responding to the same stimulus, but they're all responding differently based upon their emotional makeup, the, how they've learned to generate value in the marketplace, and that's really what it comes down to. So, I mean, I feel fear. Uh, you, I'm sure you do too, but you've also learned how to respond differently. I mean, just let me see, maybe even a year ago, the the, probably the most recent funny for me in terms of feeling fear was you mentioned marketing and I had not ventured off into paid marketing uh, a whole lot. And now so I was scared. I didn't want to spend money to attract customers and I didn't understand how that was all going to work. So I was very cautious in doing so. Now, I developed some courage and today we, you know, we spend almost eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a day uh, on on marketing and I don't. I'm like, okay, cool, it's, it's fine now. But I had to learn and step my way through that process.
1: I did too. I remember the day that I took out a full-page ad in the newspaper. And for those of you that <laughs> don't know what a newspaper is, that think, we all used to look at it. Now none of us do. Anyway, a full-page ad, the real estate section, full color. I absolutely knew what it was going to cost me. I had to sign up for 26 weeks out of the year to get it for mm. the price. I bought it for that day, which was thousands of dollars. However, prior to making the decision to do that, because there was a lot of fear involved in that, there was a lot of fear of loss, I set my goals and then I I went out and and lived or imagined living my goal, which was make more money, have more things. And um, the moment I said, well, in order to have what I want, I now have to conquer my fear, conquering the fear wasn't hard at all. Because I, I placed something greater beyond the fear. So I created the courage and, um, that was, it was a great day. The phone blew up. It was like, Oh, why (laughs) haven't I been doing this before? I, I know it isn't. And that's the case for, for most of these things.
2: And I mean, you, you said it very, very well, you developed and created, uh, the courage often what you, your focus, and that's really the key of this is your focus became on what it is that you wanted to have happen in terms of the new outcomes and in life you wanted to, to experience. And in order to get to that point, well, you, your brand needed to be exposed to more people. And the, the number one, if I had to pinpoint the number one issue for every real estate investor that I currently know experienced and knew alike is the fact that they don't market enough. Not enough people even know that they're in business. And that, that's usually the crux. You say, well, there's no deals in the marketplace. No, there's deals. You, they just don't, the deals that are out there don't know you exist. You say there's no money. No, (laughs) there's too much money. And that's a whole nother topic for another day. But, and the, the challenge is the people with the money don't know you exist. And that's really what it comes down to.
1: You know, and we, that example is so clear in today's political marketplace. Irrespective of who we like and, and what have you. But some of these people that are running are—they're so into marketing that, I mean, one person can spend, you know, a million dollars, which another person has to spend a hundred million dollars, and it's how they're marketing, what they're doing inside of their marketing, and sometimes not spending a hundred million dollars actually will get you more than spending a hundred million dollars. You have to be marketing uh, correctly and smart, but you have to be doing it at some level. And, Agreed. Uh, I'm always amazed that you know the going out of business sells. That's the first time they put up a, a banner in front of their business. The, <laughs> right. the first time they ever now, told now, anybody now, that they now, were in. Right. I'm going out of business. Sell. It's like wow. Right. Why wouldn't you have done? I'm in business. Sell. Instead of going out of business. Sell, but
2: at least once. At least, I mean put somewhere in there. Pra please. And that's exactly. That's exactly. The, the challenge um, I see most entrepreneurs dealing with is we, we again it's and the challenge is that there are so many skill sets to this thing and I know that that it, it feels overwhelming you're like I'm never going to get there well you'll make small progress over time it's not gonna happen in a you know three-day weekend boot camp uh, that that's that's just not the reality of it right. uh, at least it's not been my reality
1: well you know there um, Jerry Bess, who was the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to assume that I know it, and it's a fact. But I bet he's never dunked a basketball. I bet you he's never flown through the I'm, air. I'm
2: going to go for, yeah, you're probably right on that one. There's definitely no evidence on YouTube. There's. I, am, <laughs> I, I
1: can't even imagine. But yet, how many basketballs has he dunked? Meaning... If you are right. if you lack skill in doing something, just go hire the skill, right? Because there's a plenty of people that can back dunk a basketball that want to get yep. paid really well. And it's what's weird about the the things that we don't do in life is we're so afraid to compensate an act or an action or somebody for to take and and do a skill that we don't do because it's going to cost so much. But we don't realize. Wait a second. If I give Shaquille O'Neal thirty million dollars or a hundred million dollars. I get back 10 times that. Right. I would want to have as many Shaquille O'Neals on my team as I can, paying all right. of them 100 million dollars a year.
2: But oh, yeah, you're speaking my language, Michael. Kill go.
1: <laughs> but I understand that there's, you know, in the beginning there's that struggle, I don't have what I don't have, I don't know what I don't know. I don't even know what I don't know. And uh, but, but you start. So, if I wanted to get in the passive business, how do I could I call you to start? Because they can't call me because I'm not a passive investor. Well, yeah, that's
2: part of, and that's the only. Again, that's why. Again, the name company, cash flow diary. That's what we train people to do. Period. Cash we flow diary. You, yep, cash flow diary. We train you from wherever you are. I don't care how much money you have or don't have. We train you to become a real estate entrepreneur that holds and develops assets. Period. So that means, and in, in, in that cha- we train you how to find the properties. Uh, we train you how uh, to raise the capital uh, for any size. I mean, millions upon millions of dollars, if that's what you want to play. Uh, obviously, the multifamily building, cell phone towers, commercial real estate. We train you to hold assets. I am not the, we're definitely not the, we're not you. We, we don't, I don't,
1: after spending all that time getting to know an asset, I hate to let it go. You know what? <laughs> and if I didn't have people that could catch the balls I throw in the air, I wouldn't like it either.
2: Yeah. Okay. I get you. I get you. I just, you're, you're, you're built differently. I I did, I did try what you do and I just didn't do it well. I was just better at building an asset and holding it. And that's kind of just where I've, I've fallen. Plus it solves my, my, my innate need of, it solves that concern. If I get sick again,
1: my wife gets sick again, what's going to happen? Oh, I think that there's a lot of validity to the business model. And for sure. the longest time, it was hard for me to even come to that conclusion because I'm I'm so aggressive <laughs> on massive investing. However, the reality mm-hmm. is, and I don't know if it became an age thing or if it became a realization of enjoying passive income from business, and then looking at at uh, real estate passively and going wait a second, it's the same thing. It's just you know yep. instead of a, a printer, it's called a front door um, kind right. of concept, and so so I can appreciate it. I still like, I'm more of a hunter than um, the, the filet but let's face just like we, I talked with Shaquille O'Neal about about him, we can hire those people that do that really well. But mm-hmm. the, in my business, a lot of the need for the asset, so the capital, is taken away because we can do sub-two, we can do seller financing. We, right. We're flipping it so we're not exposed for a long period of time. But in your business... And correct me if I'm wrong, and and I, I have been wrong before and I will be wrong again, isn't the capital one of the main ingredients in your business model?
2: Uh, it's an ingredient. It's not the main ingredient. Okay. Um, uh, it's it's definitely one of them. But with the techniques, again, we just you mentioned sub two and various other forms. We can use them too. We just negotiate for them for different reasons or with them for different reasons. Uh, I mean, we've done sub two deals that span five, six, seven years. Uh, it, it's a different negotiation uh, for sure. Um, it's a different exit for sure, but it's definitely doable. I mean, we, we spend way more time in the negotiations up front because we have to focus on operational expenses, not just capital expenditure, but it, it's still there. And if you learn to negotiate properly, uh, that's again where we spend a lot of our time. If you learn to negotiate property, that, that, that big, number that looks like a big looming number you can get that whittled like way 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 down i mean some of one of my my best purchases ever was a 70 unit uh building and again it it was a structure it hadn't it was already entitled. now i tend to like things that are vacant uh that's like my thing uh so 70 unit building
1: you'd like 70 unit buildings that are vacant I prefer
2: things that are 70 units and larger, yes, and that are, are, uh, preferably vacant because that's less of a risk than something that already has tenants in it. And for many, many reasons I could go into. But it, that in this particular case, that particular building, 70 units that was vacant, uh, I was able to purchase it for $60,000. Now, obviously we negotiated a lot on the front end to hedge many different risks and bets. Uh, so that, that's just one example of how what I'm talking about. Another is uh, one of the commercial assets that I purchased um, was able to take a $750,000 purchase price uh, and only need $100,000 and negotiate seller financing in this particular case uh, via purchase money mortgage. Uh, and then I went and syndicated the $100,000. So n- net out of my pocket in that particular case was actually zero. Uh, Same thing with a 182-unit building. Uh, It was 1.85 million, if I'm not mistaken, half a million down, uh, syndicated that half a million, and negotiated seller financing for the rest. Again, all three of those transactions that I just said, any person listening to me can gain the skill sets to do, and all three of them cost me absolutely no dollars
1: out of my pocket. So what was your what was the percentage gain that you had? That was a trick question, by the way. What's that? No, I think I was going to ask you the percentage gain, but I realize if you don't have any money in it, I know it's a trick question. So.
2: Oh, got can it. Yeah, on yeah investment. exactly. Yeah. It's based upon a skill set, and, yeah. and that's what I like about it. I, I mean, with the correct skill set, you can go buy
1: any building you want, and which, I do mean that. Which goes any back building. to your third... Of your 10, you know, you said desire to time and the third one was talent and skills. It, Correct. Go, it goes back to learning that skill set. And, yep. um, I think that would be invaluable to know if any, yep. if anybody listening has ever thought about multi-units, um, to understand how to put the money in play or in place, I think is invaluable. And, um, yeah. What, what do you want to share that I haven't asked you to share? <laughs> I mean, I think you, we're, we're doing a pretty good job in, in covering
2: lots of the bases. The main thing I, I want to make sure that people hear is remember what I said at the beginning. I was squatting in bank-owned property. I'm a uh, college dropout. I didn't have any training in this area. No money. No no credit. Nothing about my background says, "Ooh, he's going to be a great real estate entrepreneur one day." Nothing, and it was all learned. Therefore, you can learn it too. And that's really what I want people to understand and is is that it all can be learned, but it all takes work and it all takes time. And if you're willing to put in the time and the work over time, you too can be that real estate entrepreneur. I truly believe that. I've seen so many of our students start (laughs) with very, very little and some start with a lot. And either way, I've seen the same thing happen time and time again when they devote themselves to actually going out there, practice what we call PDR: practice, drill, rehearse, practice, drill, rehearse. If you go out there and do it, over time, you know, the, you become this this new person, and the only difference is uh, really between the person who has resources and, and the one that doesn't. Is uh, just their work ethic. You know, typically the person with resources at the moment usually has a better work ethic, and therefore they see results faster. So our most successful actually have jobs, and we get them out of their jobs really, really quickly because of it. All I'm trying to really say is your story, it's not over. It's still going. Mm-hmm. It, it just it's a new chapter time. It's a new page time, and and there are solutions out there for you if you would but be willing. To learn. Yeah, I know you went to college. It's still time to learn. Yeah, I I got it. You, You graduated high school. You did all that. You thought learning was over. All I'm really trying to say is that's not the case. Your learning is actually still going, or should be.
1: And and required if you want change. If you're not satisfied with what you do when you get up in the morning before you go to bed at night. If that middle part of your day. Does't reward someone they should change and if they, and the, they have that's to. the
2: other thing that's the other thing if, if or recognize that you actually don't want change there are sometimes we have things on what has been called your vent list this is just something I want to vent about I'm not it's not on my change list I'm not ready to change it yet okay just recognize that that it's just on your vent list I'm not really ready to do something about it so quit pretending like you are. Because that's the that that'll hurt you a lot too. Because you'll start thinking, "Well, I tried this before. I tried this before." No, you probably never really tried. You just pretended. So don't pretend. Right. <laughs> just it do or do not. There is no try. Total Yoda right there moment. But you get my point.
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: How do we get a hold of you? Oh, I'm easy to find. Um, <laughs> if you type in you, uh, type in Cashflow Diary in Google, you're gonna find me. But uh, Cashflow Diary podcast, we have a podcast in iTunes, uh, hundreds of episodes now. Uh, we've got, um, in fact, if, if it's okay, I, I even have a webinar that uh, some people who were just beginning might wanna take advantage of. It's just that cashflowdiary.com forward slash rock solid. And I just go over one of our case studies where we had a student who was able to get his first 24 units inside of 12 months. Um, long story short, he's quit his multi six figure job and all this other stuff. So it, it was pretty cool uh, to be able to help make that happen. And, it, and at the end of the day, um, if you just want some good information, just go to cashflowdiary.com.
1: I actually did before. And you absolutely have a ton of information there. And uh, <laughs> I was, I was absolutely impressed. And, um, I appreciate it. Now, I have the, the last question I'm going to ask you. and Okay. And um, be, please don't be offended. Go but, for it. But what happens now when you buy in a, a, a building that you believe is vacant and someone is actually squatting in it? What do you do?
2: Oh, um, well, we have systems in place to deal with squatters I, or I <laughs> temporary residents.
1: No, I, I mean the fact that you yourself at one point was that person?
2: Got it. Yes. Uh, we One of the angles I do try to take is I try to employ them, if I can, um, because the, typically, they, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I want to take advantage of their institutional knowledge of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They actually know the people in the neighborhood. Um, and we did this at one building, and he performed so Swimmingly in terms of groundskeeper and security, especially at night, because when you're going through the lease up process, nobody—and i mean nobody—wants to be the first person in a hundred, you know, in a building where there's no that's been vacant. They're the only, yeah. That nobody wants to be the first person. Mm -hmm. So you've already kind of got your first person if they're willing to do certain tasks. Right. And so we've uh, exchanged, you know, utilities and free rent in exchange for security and groundskeeping and all these other types of jobs uh, that you know you need and you're gonna end up having to pay for anyway. Right. And then over time, that can sometimes become a paid position and then they can start paying rent. So there are many different ways to address it, uh, but that's been our most common. Usually they get employed in the demolition crew. Uh, or they'll get employed in the, uh, like I said, groundkeeper uh, operational crew in some way, shape, or form if we can. Um, but most of the time, you know, I, I wish more of them would be interested in actually learning because uh, then they could solve their, their challenges. But, you know, that's not always the case.
1: It is not always the case. I have started buying, which is the craziest thing. I, is this, it's, it's not something I thought I would ever do. But I have started buying homeless signs. And I, uh-huh. so if I see someone that says we'll work for food, homeless, that kind of thing, for the longest time, forever up until this point, I would just drive past them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't donate. I would. I've donated to a lot of folks that I felt were was worthy of the dollar of the donation. But I have recently decided to start buying those things, full well knowing that they're just going to go make another one. However, my trunk in my Bentley is getting full of, um, and I carry them around in my Bentley. So when they wash my car and they open my trunk and they see all these. Will work for food signs. I have no clue what they're thinking. <laughs> but maybe they think if you if you carry one of those signs, you'll you'll drive a Bentley. So, but you know, just my little thing. I had to add that. Then, so.
2: That that is um that's unique. But that's why you're an entrepreneur because yep. that's how we think.
1: And I mm-hmm. and I take pictures with them, and they're they're so afraid to take a picture because I'm just a stranger walking up to them. And say, hey, can I buy your sign? And right, uh, they they always say, yeah, five bucks, ten bucks, and and um so. I, I, I give them what I give them, and I, I get their sign, and I'm filling up my Bentley. So my my way of trying to help. I appreciate the opportunity to say hello to you. If I may, um, can I send some people your way and to that webinar? And um, yeah, by all means, anything I can do to help. Very good, because I you know I think some of my my students who because I'm again I'm on the massive side of investing um, or the opposite side of passive, and. Sure. Um, I think some of them would really like to learn that other side, and some of them would be, you know, I think could would take to it really well. And, well, and
2: uh, it, here's the, here's the crux of the issue. Um, I think both sides are required in order to have a fully balanced business, Here, and here's why. Your side is mm-hmm. phenomenal for making great income, period. However when you're ready to build wealth, you got to hold something and you want to increase that net worth in some way. You got to hold something. I don't care if it's a business or whatever. You got to hold something. So you got to hold something. And the challenge is you typically, specifically when you have high income, you typically you know, that comes along with high taxes. And the benefit, one of the biggest benefits of holding assets, specifically real estate long term, Is to be able to whittle what would be your adjusted gross income or what would be your taxable liability really 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 low? Yeah, and you know you're um, you're making enemies.
1: You're making enemies with that statement because there's a lot of people out there that uh, think the more we have, the more we should pay. But I'm always amazed with that concept because people like yourself who have um, a lot of real estate units. um, How many people are you putting a a roof over? I think is that i think that's incredible and to right. like look, look at that as a negative like you're taking advantage of the system i just don't see it i see it as those of us that have money and start contributing what we do to folks so they can have a better life um indirectly i think is pretty positive so
2: well and and the tax system is but a roadmap. i mean at the yeah. end of the day if you it's it's like playing any other board game i mean you read the rules if you play by the rules, you get the rewards relative to that particular board game. And that's exactly what the tax system says. It says, if you provide energy, food, jobs, or housing, again, energy, food, jobs, or housing, you get all of these, uh, you get rewarded in the terms of having to pay less tax. It just, that's really what it comes down to. And our system is one that rewards those that are willing to take responsibility. And in my case, just like you, we provide housing and jobs for people. That's, what my, that's my job, to find so, you something to do and a place to live.
1: So I'm going to, I'm going to take your term courage, and I'm going to say there's a tax advantage to, be, to being courageous. So, oh, yes, exactly, exactly. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity to say hello to you and have you on the show. And um, Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon, okay? All right. Thank you. Wow. That was fun. I'm having so much fun with these things, and um, I'm going to keep doing them. I hope you guys keep listening. Remember that webinar that he spoke about. We're going to have it on this page or our, on our page on our site if you're listening through iTunes. And um, jump into that if you're at all intrigued with passive income. And I've got to say, it's intriguing. It's it's kind of sexy. If you, if you think it is and you want to learn more, absolutely. Shout out to him. Give him a shout out and um, fall forward. Here's what you can't do. You can't do anything unless you fall forward. You cannot, you can't create anything unless you attempt to and fall forward. And if you fall down, just get back up again and fall forward again. Till next time, talk to you soon. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Michael Quirrells Real Estate Show. Get more info and stay in touch at
1: michaelquirrells.com.